Hello and welcome everyone to the Almost Awesome Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Rain Hirsch, and today we are going to be reviewing the long-awaited sequel to one of Rockstar's most beloved games that doesn't involve running over prostitutes with your car and stealing their money. That's right, we're talking about Red Dead Redemption 2, where instead of a car, it's a horse. The last game came out in 2010, so the sequel was in what I call development purgatory, with fans wanting a sequel, but Rockstar actually kept quiet about any development on news on the game for about six years, until E3 of 2016. After years of unconfirmed rumors, each year prior being the only thing sustaining fans' interests, they are given a prequel? Now, I cover this in my Fantastic Beasts review, uh, but prequels are a hard thing to pull off for a couple of reasons. One, it runs into the risk of contradicting what has already been established in previous stories. And B, it's hard to be invested in a character's struggles if we know everything that's going to eventually work out for them or it doesn't. Either way, we know how their story ends. But with Red Dead 2 does instead of focusing on the story of John Marston, the playable protagonist in the first film, you play as a new character named Arthur Morgan, who was part of the same gang under Dutch Vanderlyn that John was a part of, and whose members he eventually is forced to hunt down in the first gang, being forced to do so by federal agents for the safe return of his wife and son. Making a Western game about a previously established gang of outlaws that is definitely tempting premise to explore for a game, so it makes sense that the game's setting is here, because a sequel to the last game would have meant that it takes place either during or after World War I, because it would have had to take place in 1914 or sometime after that. And by then, the Old West had died out, which was the whole point of the first game. Now we have a whole new dozen cast of characters who, besides Dutch, Javier, Bill, John, and his family, we don't know their stories. So it gives us new perspectives and new information that adds and continues the story, expanding upon it. And their stories can end anywhere, and we could become invested in their survival. And in my opinion, Arthur Morgan is a better protagonist than I'd say John was for one reason. Being proactive instead of reactive. Marston stood out in a very cynical world of the first game while being very polite, respectful, and tolerant of others, and willing to help people out. He was still indifferent to other people's struggles, and would only help them out if he got something in return that he wanted, i.g. his family. His redemption came from hunting down the man he ran with, who was practically a father to him, and the other guys, Javier and Bill, who were still criminals, and then sacrificing his own life to save his family while also teaching his son not to be like him. Arthur, on the other hand, his redemption comes in rejecting his natural apathy. Arthur, like most other characters in the gang, lie, steal, and kill whoever they want and only look out for the gang because they believe they are living outside the evils of the civilization of America, when really they're just using it as an excuse as to lie, steal, and murder 
as both Arthur and John would later reflect on. Arthur, and by extension the player, chooses to either kill people or let them go at certain points in the film, which is most of your choices boiled down to. Either helping people out or refusing or killing them or stealing uh, from them, I myself would end up stealing from people or just somewhat starting fights with them, usually because I pressed the aim button when I meant to press the button that lets me talk to people, which those actions should be represented on opposite sides of the controller. But I began to relate to Arthur, as he would, in the game, reflect on these choices and be ashamed of it, rather than the player's choices just simply being a dark side indicator like in Mass Effect or Star Wars, where you press a button to tell people how much of an asshole you are. Arthur is still his own character, and is more willing to act rather than react, like John did in the last game. But that's because the player's choices and actions are judged. Your actions influence other game members' lives, and gives different outcomes to those people who introduced in this game, Except your character, who dies anyway, you play, but it's how you seek redemption that affects others. The gameplay is much better compared to the already good game mechanics from the first game. Whereas in the first game, it took you a while before you got into gunfights and using the slow motion deadeye function, or even exploring freely, this game kind of lets you start that off the bats with gunfights and exploring and stealing, uh, and enough of it to get you hooked. The combat system allows for different weapons, not just guns, but knives, axes, dynamite, and rope. Along with either going in guns blazing to take out your enemies, or to take a more stealthy approach, or to use your allies to help you. And the game doesn't penalize you for any choice you make, which helps accommodate to different players and their playstyles and allows them to adapt quite well. The horse riding is nice to view the beautiful scenery, but gets old fast when it takes you so long to get to different places and it becomes even more of a chore when you get separated from your horse because of certain missions or if your horse dies from bumping into a tree at one mile per hour, which happens a lot! Breathe. Breathe. <sighs> you have to not only feed and clean your horse and actually take care of it like a real horse. Great. A chore I have to do. But you have to feed and clean and pat yourself? Not taking care of yourself or your horse will have negative effects on your, on your respective health and stamina bars. Eat too little and you will get more stamina, somehow, but you will take more damage. But if you overeat, you take more damage, but uh, you have less stamina. The same goes for your horse. And if you don't take a bath or shave or cut your hair, which actually does grow, you will become, not, you will become more rugged and awesome looking. You can also buy clothes and mix-match outfits to feel like a real outlaw cowboy. And lots of creative people have taken upon themselves to look like their favorite western characters. 
I myself decided to look like Malcolm Reynolds, Wyatt Earp, and Woody from Toy Story. Which uh, is very intimidating when you're uh, holding up a stagecoach, I might add. You can interact with your gang members at your camp, and you can contribute money so you can upgrade the camp. That gives you a lot more perks like ammo, food, and medical supplies, and a lot more character buffs like filling up your stamina gauge or so you don't have to use your own supplies. Stuff like that. Eating, drinking, and smoking gives you certain buffs to help you perform better, and since science wasn't invented back then in the Old West, so there were no downsides to it yet. You can camp out on your own, out in the world, and eat and rest, but I never found any reason to other than to waste time, so I never really bothered with it. The game suffers from a lack of a convenient fast travel system. It makes sense that you have to go to towns in order to unlock it so you can use the stagecoach. But you can't do it in a menu screen, and you still have to travel to places, which... Yes, forces you to explore and encourages you to interact with the quest givers and hunt animals or fight and steal from other outlaws or innocent people, whichever you're in the mood for. But I think it's important to give the player a choice to skip it in order to give them, you know, more choice. Stealing and killing random people, outlaw or law-abiding, has consequences. Because if people witness you doing these events, they will try to inform the law, and if you don't want a bounty on your head, which people will try to collect, you have to either capture them or kill them. And if you can't intimidate or defuse the situation, which I haven't figured out how to do yet, that can lead to even more witnesses, and you have to eventually... Kill them all in a bloody trail of death or hogtie bystanders that you can only leave out in the middle of nowhere to die of exposure after they dare to get in your way, showcasing the reality of the life for you have contemplated your role in and have found yourself debating the morality of your choices in a virtual world and wondering if you're capable of such depravity. But then you can go fishing. You can also get talismans and trinkets to get certain buffs, but I don't care enough to hunt and kill so many animals and turn them into decorations for the camp. But whatever. I haven't finished the game, but yet, because there's so much to get lost in and to entertain me, which is the point of a video game. And it's just an added bonus that having good gameplay and a more optimistic story compared to the cynical version of the last one. I'd say this game is worth buying that gives you everything you want in a Western game. So that's where I'm going to end today's review. I'm going to go uh, book a therapy session for me now. Uh, this game brought up some uh, disturbing details about me. But don't let that stop you from leaving comments and messages let me know how you feel about this game, if you've played it, if you're interested in it, because I want to keep this conversation going. So feel free to leave a message either through Anchor or comment or mess comment on my Facebook. So that's where I'm going to end today's podcast, and I will talk to you next time.